Hello, welcome to Thoughts from the Psalms, a series of meditations from the great hymn book of the Bible. I'm David Fryery. Psalms 113 to 118, known as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. Today we continue our series on the Hallel Psalms, Psalms 113 to 118. These psalms were used in the Passover celebration as well as at other Jewish festivals. Psalm 113 we entitled the God of Creation and Psalm 114 the God of the Exodus. Creation and New Creation. The new creation of the Exodus was the birth of the nation of God's chosen people, a new beginning within the next phase of God's redemptive plan. But now we move on to Psalm 115. We now leave the ancient exploits of the Exodus behind, though by no means forgotten as we trace through the story of redemption. In Psalm 115, we sing of God's unchangeable glory and the blessings he dispenses to the faithful. And we will see that not only is God the God above his own people, but he is also the God above other gods, God over the gods of the nations, for which we might read God over the rest of the world. We will later go on in the following Psalms to see that our God is also the God of life over death, the God of our hope and the God of our Messiah. So there's a little advance notice of where we're going in this series on the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. Psalm 115 Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens, he does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see, they have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell, they have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so the wall who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. There are so many imitations around today, so many counterfeit products, such as the Rolex watch that in fact isn't a Rolex watch. We tend to feel cheated by a counterfeit, whereas I understand, or at least this is what I've heard, that many people in some countries know they're buying counterfeit watches, electronic goods and the like, 
and yet are happy that they have what appears as the real thing, even though they know it's more likely to pack up earlier. Focusing back now on Psalm 115, we may note that it is about genuine religion versus imitation or counterfeit religion. But before that, I want to note the liturgical nature of the psalm. Our three headings over this and the next programme then are God in liturgy, God above his own people and God above other gods. God in liturgy then. It is especially meaningful to consider this song in the heart and on the lips of the Lord Jesus during those great moments in his life as his crucifixion and resurrection were drawing near. Jesus as God was about to accomplish something that no other so-called God of this world could ever do, namely save their followers from sin and from eternal damnation. The opinion of the majority of scholars, James Montgomery Boyce tells us, is that Psalm 115 is liturgical in nature. It was intended to be sung by alternating groups of worshippers, the priests and the people. I remember many years ago hearing a man who was training for the Anglican ministry. He was saying how, as he was learning about the Anglican prayer book, that he found out that the short sentences said or sung by the minister in a church service and to which the congregation gives a response are called versicles. So, for example, the Lord be with you, to which the congregation replies, and also with you. Before then, he joked he'd always assumed that versicles were a sort of breakfast cereal, like ricicles. Many of us who have spent much, if not all, of our Christian lives in the nonconformist or free church tradition have tended to avoid the use of liturgy and call it vain repetition and the like. Yes, it can be, but in a sense, so can our own structured worship each week. I was brought up in a liturgical tradition and converted under it in my mid-teens. I soon moved into the nonconformist tradition and yet in more recent years I have come again to appreciate the structure, even the beauty, of the use of some liturgy in worship. It's certainly one aspect to incorporate into worship, at least from time to time. It's about being open to God in worship and not being afraid of letting God move reverently among us. We can imagine the use of Psalm 115 then as ancient liturgy. It's not that hard to imagine verses 9 to 11 being sung together in worship, or verses 11 and 12 recited for a blessing in worship, or verses 14 and 15 as the priest's response to the worshipping acclamation just made. The opening and closing verses also make sense as the congregation participating in corporate worship. This is certainly a psalm which embraces the concept of worship. And secondly then, God above his own people. The context and tone of Psalm 115 suggests a period just after the return from exile in Babylon. The Jews were undoubtedly glad to be back in their own land again, but still conscious that they were under foreign rule, this time that of the Persians. Such a situation reflected badly on God's good name and stunning greatness, and maybe it was with this in mind that they wanted to focus now on God and not on themselves. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. 
Note the repetition of those words, not to us. It's not about us, it's all about God. There have been some interesting and historical uses of these words in our own nation's history, such as when King Henry V led his English army to victory against the French at the Battle of Agincourt in 1415. After the battle, there was the singing of Psalms 114 and 115, and a whole army was ordered to kneel at the words, Non dobis domine, not to us, Lord. And in 1807, William Wilberforce expressed his political successes in winning his Yorkshire parliamentary seat and uh, in the bill for the abolition of the slave trade in these very words, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Adoniram Judson, a 19th century missionary to Burma, had been full of ambition, seeking a great name for himself. When he came across this text in Psalm 115, he rebelled against it. But as the words gradually played upon his soul, he found that all his bright visions, as he'd imagined them, seemed to vanish. Soon he saw that all the glory must be to God and not him. I think there is then, here in the opening verse of this psalm, a challenge to each of us today. Philip Eveson is correct when he writes in his commentary on this psalm that all boasting in self-achievement must be excluded when the Church of Jesus Christ experiences seasons of revival and in times of pressure from the world we need to be far more concerned about God's honour than our own standing in society. As we come to worship, whether collectively or individually, who or what really matters most to us? Are we each too full of our own pride? Do we sometimes think that we can go it alone without too much intervention from God, except for when we choose to call upon him for help, of course? Do we too often seek God on our own terms? Like, Lord, I'll do anything for you if you give me such and such a thing. Or, Lord, I'll follow you if you get me that nice little retirement or sheltered flat I want, or get my grandchild through their exams, or whatever. You know, and I know full well, that we can't play like this with God and expect anything we want on our terms. Do we each need to make a thorough review of our own personal Christian walk? Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. So we've just considered God in liturgy and God above his own people. In our next programme we'll consider our third and final point, that our God is above other gods. So join me next time as we continue our thoughts from the Psalms.
If you wish to discuss anything in this programme with me, David Friary, please contact me via our studio. Please join us next time for further thoughts from the Psalms.